Jack's truth, and, and they're not going to know what not going to know what the truth is. So, so we need to be strong and grab hold of what's real. And I'll tell you something. Trusting Jesus is the most reliable thing you can do today. Trusting him. He said, I am the truth. Not a truth, the truth. He's reliable. And he backed up those words. He backed them up. And all you've got to do is read the Bible, read the Gospels, and you will know that this man is the truth. Trish preached God became a man. Religion is man trying to reach God. So if you say, what's the difference between other religions and Christianity, true Christianity? Well, it's simple. Every other religion is rules and laws that someone made up, their truth, right? Like Muhammad, he had his truth, which contradicted the Bible, even though he said the Bible's reliable, right? And the Muslims have, have um, perpetrated some, a lie that's spread through all Islam that, that the Koran said that the Bible's been corrupted. It doesn't say it's been corrupted. Muhammad put the Bible and the Torah and the Gospel under him and he said, this is what you stand on. And if you want to know truth, you go to a Christian and ask them. They'll tell you the truth. That's what Muhammad said. But later on, when Christians said to Muhammad, you, know, you said that Jesus didn't really die on the cross. So you're saying the Bible's true. But you're making a claim now that it's not. So somebody's got to be false here. So, you know what, we, we need to know this. We need, we need to know that what we're standing on is real and true and it's been proven, right? Not made up. It's not Muhammad's truth. It's the truth of Jesus Christ, right? So we put our trust there. We put our faith there. Jesus said, believe me, believe on me. And, and you know, some, some uh, Pharisees and priests and people said to Jesus, you know, what is the work of God? What's God want from us? And you know what the scripture said? This is the work of God that you believe on the one that God sent. God wants you to believe Jesus Christ, right? And so the, the Christianity is that God came to us. Religion is we're trying to get to God. You're never going to get there. It's like trying to jump to the moon without any power, no rocket, no, no thing, You're with your own muscles, your feet, you've got no hope. And to live the Christian life is impossible. Impossible. Jesus said, without me, you cannot do it. You can't do nothing. Right now, if you're sitting there, please say to yourself, I cannot live the Christian life. I cannot live it. So I've got to put my trust in the one that did. Jesus lived the Christian life. Jesus was God who came to us. Thank God that, that that happened. Otherwise, we'd never reach him. We'd never find him. A new commandment. That's the title of my message. There it is there. Why is it new? I thought we had the commandments of God. Well, the, the Old, Old Testament had commandments. And the New Testament, which is God now 
who came to the planet. He gave a new one. So God, who came here, right, and we're going to work out what he came to do, he, came, he gave a new one. Nothing wrong with the old one. The only problem is, is the old one was impossible for you to live. Totally impossible. It was to love God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, and all your strength. Put up your hand and tell me I did, I did that. I've done that every day of my life from the day I was born. No hands. You've fallen short of God's glory. If I, if, God, if I said to God, what do you want from me? He goes, right, love. Anything wrong with love, Robert? No. I want to ask you something. When you met your partner, or when you first looked, like when I saw Luana and I looked at her, right? I imagined that if I married this girl, I wanted her to love me. And because I'm a bit sick in the head, I wanted her to love me with all her heart, mind, soul, and strength. Which still hasn't happened till today. <laughs> but we're getting there when I die. <laughs> That's when she'll cry and she'll go, and everybody will go, oh, she loved Robert. <laughs> but when dinner wasn't ready and I go, where's dinner, right? No. <laughs> but God made us, didn't he? And he knows why he made us. And it wasn't to be a slave. Adam, Adam wasn't created to be a slave. Adam was created to enjoy the fruit of a garden and enjoy the fellowship of God when he would come and talk with him. In other words, I'm there, I'm your friend, let's communicate, let's talk. And sin happened and all of a sudden there was no more communication, no more enjoyment of relationship and company and Adam hid on God and God said to him what happened and you all know the story, right? Shame. Adam got shame and then he started to blame. And God knew I have to rescue him because this man is never going to love me now with all his heart, mind, soul and strength because he's scared of me. He's running from me. He's hiding from me and he's blaming me that I gave him a beautiful woman that can love him. The woman you gave me, she made me do it. And I, and I don't know if you know, but that kind of mindset, no one can work with, not even God. And so God had to let man go through life and trials and troubles. And while God helped him to try and get work out how to understand God, it just never worked. And so God said, you know what, I'll give them the rule that I want love and also to love others as they love themselves because... God knew you're going to love yourself because that's what sin does. It just makes you look in and makes you look to see what you get out of life. Are you with me? Yes? Okay, so God came into the world. So let's have a look at what he taught, all right? So in John 13, 34 and 35, while speaking to his disciples on the night he was betrayed by Judas... He watched Judas leave the dinner table to complete a very dark and evil deed, as you all know. Who betrayed Jesus? Judas. 
Jesus spoke to the remaining 11. He said to them, a new commandment I give you. The old one is to love God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength, to love one another as yourself. That's the, that's the old commandment, which none of you ever kept. He says, but I'll give you a new one, that you love one another just as, a, as I have loved you. You also love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Now, you know this church believes in making God's love known. That's where we get it from. So we're on track, right? Yeah, we don't put things up on the board to, to, to just make it look good. We're on track because we want to follow the heart of Jesus in this. So Jesus said to the disciples, right at the end, this is just before he was about to leave them and die. Judas was going to betray him. He just went out to betray him. Okay, and Jesus knew that, right? And just then he said, let me give you the new one now, which is just going to fulfill itself, right? Okay, because greater love has no man and Jesus showed the, the disciples a love. He showed them a life and they all worked out that this man who's in our life, who has loved us, been patient with us, been kind to us, he forgave us when we betrayed him, yeah, yeah, Peter denied him and so on three times and Jesus went and got him, all that. He said, as I have loved you, so you now love one another. Now, now it's not you love God with all your heart. Now you've got to look at the love that I loved you with. So I'm giving you something now. So it's no longer the old one where God hasn't given us love. We've just got to work it out through creation that is your dad, right? But we haven't really experienced the love of God because Adam hid behind a tree before God gave him a hug and kiss. God was getting there. He'd turn up in the, in the morning for Adam, yeah, in the evening and talk to him and that. And, and yeah, I think God was waiting for Adam to say to God, God, you know, I'm starting to like you. You're very nice, you're kind. But Adam had no experience of, of needing, needing kindness. He had no experience of needing forgiveness. He, so he couldn't understand God's forgiving, God's kind. He, he wouldn't have known. He just said God's provided everything. He's like a good dad. Good, good creator. So Jesus is saying now, I'm giving you a new one, a new commandment. And you need to experience it and then give it out. It's called love one another as I loved you. So Christianity begins at the cross of Jesus, right? Giving his love to you, his enemy. You're a sinner. You, you never loved God. You did your own thing. And he went to the cross and he's inviting you to come and be loved. Come and be forgiven. Come and be set free. He said, come unto me all ye that are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Jesus wants to give you rest, right, in your heart so that you don't have a sense of I, God doesn't like me. I don't know who God is, right? Are, are you getting it? Churchianity is, right? And it's sad that when I go to Christian so-called churches and I say to people, right, and, the, and some of them have gotten offended and I'm hoping they'll come back here, 
because they came to an alpha and they had the wrong doctrine. And I said to one man who thought he was all right up there, and I said to him, look, I, as a preacher and an evangelist, I feel very responsible to sort of yeah, tell you this because I don't want to be face, face to face with God and you're there and he says to you, go to hell and I'm heaven. And then you turn to me and say, why don't you tell me, Rob, that I wasn't right with God? So I thought, I'm going to do that now. That's what I said to him. He goes, and he got a bit offended. I said, don't be offended. Let me ask you a question. Why would God let you into heaven? I said, and the answer is in Revelation. Every person in heaven sings a song. And, and if you're going to be there, you've got to know the song. I said, so what's the song? And he looked at me. I said, why should he let you in? And he goes, no, I, 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 I'm a good person. Um, I, I, I haven't done anything. I mean, I'm, I didn't murder anybody. See, that's the wrong answer. The right answer is when you come to the cross, you realize, right, that Jesus died in your place for the sin that you committed and the wages that you earned. All of us have earned wages from God. The wages of sin is death. You all earned death. But, but, and because I knew that, the death of Jesus on the cross says, you don't have to die now. He died for you in your place. So the song in heaven that everybody that's there, they, they sing this song. They go like this. It says, from every tribe, every nation, kingdom, they were in heaven. And they all sung this song. And this is the song. That you have redeemed us by your blood. Everybody there knows that they were saved by the blood of Jesus that was shed on that cross. That's the love of God. That's how he loved you. And that love that I've experienced of forgiveness and so on, I meant to love other people with it. Jesus didn't say, love people so that I can love you. He didn't say that. That's religion. Christianity is he loved me first. It's called grace. I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it. I'm not worthy of it. But he did it for me. And so now I know God. God is loving. He's kind. He's gracious. And so this is a new commandment now. You have been loved now. In the Old Testament, you haven't been loved. But you haven't seen it in action. But greater love is no man than to give his life for another. Jesus said, I've done the greatest thing a human being can do, that I died for a person to bring salvation to them, to bring a benefit to them. Are you, are you with me? It's like you need a heart transplant and the doctor says, you are going to die unless we get your heart. And then your poor mum comes in and says, doctor, just take my heart, I don't care, I'll, I'll die. And you go, no mum, I don't want you to die. And she says to the doctor, put him to sleep. And the doctor gives you an injection, you're asleep, you wake up. How come I'm alive? Oh, your mum gave us the heart. It, that, that's what happens. Jesus died to give you a relationship with God, not a religion. Are you with me? So he said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, just as I have loved you. Okay? So he loved you. And that's called grace. And we preach grace in this church. The grace of God is the apex of his love. In other words, if you want to look at the tip of God's love, it's his grace, which makes God glorious. 
right? I don't know. And until you understand that and come to the cross, you do not see the beauty of God. You don't see the glory of God. And you know what? God created you for His glory. It says that the glory of God is in the face of Jesus. The Bible says that Satan blinds the minds of those that are perishing, lest they should see the glory of God in the face of Jesus. Devil does not want you to see this love. If you see it, it crushes him. He hates it. He'd rather you be religion. Go and join Islam. Go and be a Buddhist. Go be there. But do not be a Christian and see this glory. Because what will happen is, is in the seat you'll be worshipping and enjoying a God that he doesn't want you to enjoy. He wants you to go with him. Yeah, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Bible says, delight yourself in God, for, the, for he will give you the desires of your heart. Yeah, what? once you have a delight for God, God says, what's your heart want, I'll give you. You're safe. It won't lead you astray. But the prosperity gospel that's being preached in the world, it's from Satan himself, is let me give the, the fleshly man everything he wants from God. All the promises of God for you to be a millionaire. All the promises for you to never get sick. All the promises your family will be fantastic. You know what? Every ungodly wants that. But what about the message that says the true riches is a joy in God? The true riches is when the love of God touches your empty heart and changes your life. Or when the Holy Spirit comes and empowers you to drop drugs and cigarettes and everything that destroys your life. Not that you have to, but that's because it's a gift to you. You know what? gets rid of the ugly nature of the flesh, which is anger and hate and malice and, and unkindness and swaps it with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Thank God for a church and a home that's got those things in it. <laughs> Jesus taught many things during the three years, but the new commandment was the final one before he was crucified. What would it take to impact the world as he had done? It wouldn't be the apostles' speaking abilities. It's not their miracle-working power or their courage. Jesus said the world will be drawn to his message when it saw his followers continuing to love each other. That's what, that's what God is. God is love. In giving the new commandment, Jesus laid the foundation for the formation of a group of people that were unique in human history. Yeah, Jesus started something that never was before. And struggling to get today. He created a group identified by one thing, by the love they had for each other. The, the, the disciples had not started out loving each other. Did you know that? They were show-offs. One's trying to get in front of the other. I want to sit on your right hand. I want to sit on your left hand, Jesus. And the others got upset. Who are you to want to sit on his left and right hand? They were mismatched. They were rough around the edges. They were selfish, sinful. But three years following Jesus, they had experienced the love of God. As no one had experienced it before. They saw God firsthand. You know, you know what they wrote about him? We saw his glory. We handled him. We touched him. And he could only be the only begotten son of God, glorious, worshipping him, adoring him. What did they see? 
You know, you've got the Gospels there. Four eyewitness accounts of who Jesus was in the lifetime of Jesus. No other historical event in the world is so backed up by Scripture, by manuscript evidence. They gave you the evidence of what they believed. Each one believed that Jesus was God. He was the Son of God. He was glorious. He was worthy of all worship and all honour. Not one of them. He said, who convicts me of sin? Not one of them saw anything wrong with his life. Perfect being. You know what they saw though? Not just a good man. They saw a loving man. Now you could be a very good person. That's great. But love is much bigger than that. Love reaches out to the unlovely. It reaches out to the... So, so you, know, you might think you're good. I'm a good person. Fair enough. But are you a loving person? Because God is love. Yeah, love is greater. Jesus came to bring you a great thing. The love and patience with which he taught them began to change them. He modelled love for them. He demonstrated the compassion, tenderness that God has for mankind. You know, Jesus is God and revealing his, his grace and love to mankind. In the Sermon on the Mount, of, of the Mount who's heard of the Sermon on the Mount? Jesus repeatedly say, said, You have heard it said, but I say to you. You have heard it said, but I say to you. And he taught about love in a way that the people have never heard before. You know that, that teaching of Jesus? They said, what kind of man speaks like him? Even the Pharisees, they sent some blokes to arrest Jesus. And they went to get him and they heard him and they thought, wow, we've never heard stuff like that. And they went back. And the Pharisees go, where is he? They go, mate, we never heard anybody talk like him. You know why? Because what he said was relevant and was true. And they couldn't go against their own conscience. They knew he was real. He was real. Jesus taught love in a way everybody had not heard but understood. He said, and this is one of the hard ones. Ready? And this is how I know that Jesus is not from planet Earth, from another planet. You want to know where? When he said this, you have heard it said you shall love your neighbour and hate your enemy. That's normal, isn't it? For us? It's normal for me. I'm not going to sit here and pretend, oh, Robert loves his enemies. I hate my enemies. And if it wasn't for the born-again Spirit of God in me, producing the fruit of the Spirit, because in my flesh I never had to love my enemy, now I love my enemy. And I, and I don't like it sometimes. I said to God, how did you do this? I, I had an obnoxious person in my life. Right? And they knew it. They would tell me, I am the most obnoxious person in your life. Is it correct? <laughs> they told me that. And they loved it. They kept doing it. But when I got born again and filled with the Spirit, I had a love for them. I couldn't believe it. And w when I saw them, the grace of God was on my life. And, and, I, and I looked and, I, and I, I, lo I loved them. I had a love, patient kind. And I thought, where the, how the hell did I get this? That's what I said. It was there. It was a gift from God. You know, Jesus loved Matthew, the tax collector. Zacchaeus, the tax collector. He went to their homes. He loved them. They were the enemies of all the Jews. And, and being seen with them, Jesus knew 
that people are going to look down on my reputation, right? And he was there, loving on them. And you know what? They all knew that Jesus shouldn't have been in their house. And they said, what kind of love is that? Jesus demonstrated his unconditional love, and this is how he demonstrated, by washing his disciples' feet, even Judas. You know, that's the lowest rank slave, uh, servant. Sorry, if there's a servant, right, servants in a company, the only person that would do that job is the lowest one or the apprentice. You go and wash the feet. So when Jesus washed their feet, they all knew what he was doing. They got embarrassed. They, he embarrassed them. And they said, how can Jesus, who we know is God, wash our feet? Wow. He taught them a lesson that they'll never forget. He said, if I, being your, you know who I am, the Lord and Master, to, who are you not to wash feet? You know what? Some people come in church, you know, I want, I want the top position. You know what the lowest position is? Up here. In heart attitude. The ones outside in the car park. The ones washing the feet. You know what Jesus reckons? They're the highest. They're the best. They're, they're the most that look like me. Not, not the hero preacher who thinks everybody should listen to him or he's a superhero, knowledgeable and yeah, you know, oh, everybody thinks I can. No, that's, that's the lowest position. That's an honorable position. It's honorable, but it can destroy you because we're prone to pride. But this is humility. This is, this is brokenness. Yeah? When you run a meeting, right, and only one turns up, but you don't care. Say, God, you've sent one. It's okay. Thank you. I can talk about you. So awesome. Or 10, or 100, doesn't matter. You know, Paul, St. Paul, he, he never saw this part of Jesus, right? He'd heard about it, but it was revealed to him. And he said this, Ephesians 3, he says, Whereof, Ephesians 3, verse 7 to 8, Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. In other words, God's power came into my life. The Holy Spirit wasn't in me in the flesh, he said. It was by the power of God. And this gift came to me by the grace of God. He discovered the love of God in Jesus. It blew his mind. Grace blew his mind that God became a man. And I went after him. I went after his disciples to kill them. And now he saved me. You know what he said that? Because of that, he said, unto me who am less than, all, than the least of all the saints. In other words, I'm nothing. Nothing. But this grace was given to me. Wow. And he was the most important in his religion. He goes, this grace is given that I should preach. Look what he thinks the grace. Among the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Jesus. Jesus is unsearchable in his riches. Jesus gave a salvation that is complete, perfect, and eternal. Have you got that? Put up your hand if you can relate to those words. Complete, perfect, and eternal. Have you got that from Jesus? What about free, undeserved, and unearned? 
That's the love Jesus showed the apostles. Secure, certain, and guaranteed. Uh, my, my faith in Jesus is not wavering. It's not wavering. He won't let it waver. What he did was personal, relational, and real life. How, are you experiencing that? Personal, relational, and real. You know what he brought? He did this to the apostles. This is what they all went through. He transformed them. He empowered them. He liberated them. And you know what they became? Joyful, hopeful, and glorious in Jesus Christ. Wow. Have I got two more minutes? He wrote again, Paul wrote again, that God would grant you according to the riches of his glory, which, and we all seen that in Jesus, the compassion, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. Now, you're sitting there, and I said earlier that it is impossible to live the Christian life, yes, on your own, but not empowered by the Holy Spirit not empowered by this spirit in your inner man. Is the spirit of God in your inner man? How do you know? Number one, you know that Jesus is God. Number two, you know that he went to the cross for you. Number three, you know you were saved by grace. Number four, when you sin and do evil, you hate it. You hate it? You hate when you do wrong. You hate it. If you're comfortable with it, I've got to ask you, I'm not sure if you've been saved. I'm not sure if you've seen the glory of Jesus. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Wow, St. Paul. That Jesus can live in your heart. Jesus is at peace in your heart. The one who loves unconditionally, the apostles, is living in your heart. Is he in there? Is he, is he in your heart? Because that's where he lives. That's where he belongs. You know, Jesus said, if you love me and you keep my commandments, which is, what's the new commandment? To love as you've been loved. So number one, you've got to understand how you are loved and then love others. That's his new commandment. He says, if you keep my commandments, right? And when you say love, it means don't be rude. It says love is patient, kind, not rude keeps no record of wrongs. That's what it means. It means you're kind, you're patient, not rude. Now, go home and ask me, how do you treat your wife or husband? That's a, a good test to work out if you're patient, kind, not rude. Very simple. A, patient, a, a house full of rudeness and impatience and unkindness is not a happy home. Do you agree with me? Yes? So God is empowering you to be able to have all that you need for life and godliness in life. All that you need for a church. Let me read you what St. Peter said. St. Peter now. That, I was quoting Paul. Now St. Peter, who, who sunk, who walked on the water and then sunk, and Jesus got him and said, why did you doubt? Put him back in the boat. In other words, Peter, we'll do it again another time. 
okay, until you win. Peter says, according as his divine power, who's that? The Holy Spirit has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Wow. God has given you promises that you may share in the divine nature. You can partake of the divine nature. You can take it. That's why we take communion. You get it into your life. You get it in. And then he says this. He says, because of that, he goes, give all diligence, add to your faith. Who's got faith here? Come on, don't be scared now. <laughs> okay, who's got faith in Jesus? Okay, you put your trust in him. You're saved. It's called grace. It's called, I love you. I'm loving you on, on you. Now, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's going to bear fruit in you. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. How much the world needs that? You agree with me? He says, add to your faith virtue, which is good character. How are you going with that? Good character. When you go to work, people gotta got to look at you and think, there's something good about this person because that's the evidence you've been with Jesus by this shall all men know you're my disciples if you have love one for another and then Jesus said love your enemy it means the people you work with maybe add to virtue knowledge and to knowledge patience godliness add to godliness brotherly kindness and brotherly kind add love. There's that love again, the love of God. And you know what it says? That if you don't add these, you lack these. Whoever lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was saved from his old sins. That's what Peter reckoned, not me. All right? Maybe this is strange teaching to you. But, you know, it says there's three things that remain in a Christian's life. They're called faith, hope, and love. They're all valuable, but the greatest is love because the greatest is God. God is love. Let's just stand up for a moment. I, I want to give you the greatest sign, the greatest sign and you need to aim for it. That you and Jesus have a relationship where he has loved you. And you are receiving this love. And you are in a relationship of returning it. In you, right now, there should be an adoration for him. An adoring of because he says, Old Testament, I want you to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That has not changed. But now we're being fitted out to be able to love God with as much as we can. Now someone said to me, do you love God now, Robert, since you've been a Christian like that? I said, listen, all I know is before I was born again, I never had any love for him. 
Now that I'm born again, I know that I have a little bit. It's there. I respect Him. I trust Him. I believe on Him. I can't wait till He comes and gets me. I hang on every promise that says He's coming back again. I, I read the Bible where it says, so yes, there is something there. I love Him. And I know He wants me to give Him everything. And one day I've told God, put me in a place where I can give you everything, the whole lot. And that will be in glory when I'm there and He takes away everything. And I'm so glad that I can give Him the full lot. I can give Him the kisses. But right now, if you want to kiss His hand, go and visit somebody that needs some help. Jesus said, what you've done to the least, you did it to me. And if you want to love God, go and, go and love them with someone. Go and visit somebody. Go and talk to somebody. Go and help somebody. Go and give a lift to somebody. You know what Jesus says? That's me. Thank you. Right? And I so love that. So be patient and kind to somebody. Yeah? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the love of Jesus, which is your love. Because you love the world so much that you gave us your only begotten Son. That whosoever believes on him should not perish but have eternal life. Thank you that Jesus revealed your love. But the love of a father. The love of a father to his kids, Lord. And that's the love that we are experiencing today. I just pray that it will be real to everybody here. I pray that that love that comes by the... Holy Spirit's awakening, empowering, revealing, Lord. We need His help. And right now, I pray that everybody will just turn to you, Holy Spirit, and say, fill me, awaken me to the love of God, to the fruit of the Spirit, and empower me that I may be able to live this life to your honor and to your glory. But right now, I will worship you. I will adore you. I will enjoy you. I will trust you. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. Thank you, guys. We're going to have a song.